Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Points Podcast. This is your home for the best guest, Calvin Watkins, sports writer for The Athletic, about to make his debut for BobMcGannFootball.com. He is Mark Eckel, and it is Matt Lombardo. He's the Giants reporter for NJ Advanced Media. From Locked on Chiefs Podcast and Chiefs Digest, he is Chris Clark. And the best takes you won't find anywhere else. I told you from the beginning that it was a stretch for the Packers to win 10 games this year. This Find this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's time to get to the turning point of the sports world. Good afternoon. Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. You can find us on Twitter at, at JakeTurnerSport, or you can find this podcast if you miss us anytime, day or night. It's not going to be hard to find us. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we just got picked up on Spotify. I mean, everybody loves Spotify, right? Well, it's Monday, September 24th, 2018, and you're asking yourself, hey, Jake, why are you doing a show on Monday? Well, I'll tell you this, because we're going to have a special podcast every day, but it's going to be a miniature one. What it's going to be is the top five turning points of the day. Something for you to think about, something for you to tweet about, something for you to talk about to your friends and your family. That way you get ready for the next day and you got top five turning points coming up again because you're not going to find takes anywhere else here. I'm Jake Turner, of course. If I forgot to introduce myself, I apologize in advance here. But as I said, we got time to kill here. We only got 15 minutes on the clock, so let's get to it. Our top five turning points of the day on Monday, September 24th, 2018. And we start off with the Twilight Zone itself. I swear to you, when I was going to bed last night, I was thinking to myself, is the ghost of Rod Sterling going to open the door to my bedroom here? Is somebody going to come out of the mirror and scare me? I don't know what was going on. I was thinking Supernatural last night because that week was supernatural in the NFL. I mean, Baker Mayfield comes in, beats the Jets after 635 days of hell. They come back and get their first win of the year for the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs and the Niners, Patrick Mahomes has no interceptions. The Packers are a mess right now. The Vikings go home and they get booted out by Josh Allen, a rookie quarterback, Chris Ivory, and a bunch of no-name wide receivers. This is maddening to me. But the one that really got to me the most was Sunday Night Football Patriots-Lions. I actually got excited because of NBC's Sunday Night Football coverage. This actually stacked it up, and I was thinking to myself, you know, we've had so many upsets today. Could the Lions beat Tom Brady? And it was there. Josh Gordon out. Julian Edelman's not coming back until next week. It's open up for Matt Patricia, and he's going against his mentor in Bill Belichick. And they did it. And they won 26-13. to And it was a great game. Great game plan. Jim Bob Cooter was coaching his butt off on the offense. Matthew Stafford was continuously not making mistakes. Marvin Jones comes back from injury. You got Golden Tate making plays. And ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Lions have a 100-yard rusher. Oh my goodness. I know. That's what I'm saying to myself. I was thinking Supernatural tonight because I saw Kerryon Johnson become the first Lions running back since Reggie Bush in 2013 to give 100 yards or more to a Lions running back. My goodness. And, you know, something with Matt Patricia looked like an age of futility. They were falling apart. The team was not happy. But you know something? A win can cure so many great things and get rid of the flaws for a couple hours. They're going to come back. 
I don't think that the Lions are a playoff team quite yet, but I am excited for the future. I mean, they got they got talent. I mean, <laughs> their offense is stacked. They got Golden Tate. They got Marvin Jones. They got Luke Wilson at tight end. They got Kerryon Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt. How can they not win nine games this year? It's possible. In the NFC North where the Chicago Bears are your first place team right now and the Packers and the Vikings are in the basement, I mean, that just makes you think there, doesn't it? Speaking about the Packers, I told you from the beginning that it was a stretch for the Packers to win 10 games this year. This team is a mess, and we are seeing the problems from former general manager Ted Thompson. We are seeing the players that he still pushed out there and drafted, and they look absolutely dreadful. Devon House, we gave you one more year. You stink. You got to go. Kentrell Bryce doesn't know where the football is on a deep route. I mean, and Aaron Rodgers is playing on one leg. The Clay Matthews is getting called for roughing the passer penalties. You're losing to Alex Smith and a 33-year-old version of Adrian Peterson. It's not good. And then the Vikings. You were 17-point favorites. 17-point favorites. I almost thought about putting $50 on the bills just for the heck of it. But that is the biggest upset since 1995. 1995. And Minnesota loses 27-6. Where was Kirk Cousins? You know, funny thing is, I listened to Vikings post game yesterday. And Corey Colvin, the host, never brought up these two words. Kirk Cousins. Why was Kirk Cousins not on your game plan? How could you not talk about Kirk Cousins? The guy was holding the ball way too long yesterday. He was making mistakes. He was throwing turnovers. He was getting sacked. And yes, you could blame the offensive line. I get it. You could totally do that. But here's the problem. The Minnesota Vikings should have won this game. You can't lose to the Buffalo Bills. You can't lose to a rookie quarterback. You can't do it at home. And you're down 17 to nothing to the point where you're 27 to nothing at the half. And you only score six points throughout the whole game. What is going on here? And then the Chicago Bears. Ugly win, but a legitimate win. And they're on top of the NFC North. What is happening here? Now, I'm just going to give you a little taste of reality. Because here's the thing. It is about to become week four. After tonight, it becomes week four preparation. I am not going to say that the Bears are a great team, that the Packers are a bad team, that the Vikings are a terrible team, that the Lions are going to be Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying that at all, okay? But I am saying for one day of football, we got something straight out of this twilight zone. Now, it could be meaning that old cliche, changing of the guard, could be possible, but it's only week four. So let's remember that. I mean, the Packers could come out of nowhere. The Vikings could become a Super Bowl contender again. You never know in this league. That's why it is the NFL. That's why it's the most watched sport in ever, period. All right, turning point number four. Let's get away from the NFL for just one second here. I want to tell you a story. In 1997, when I was a child, and I love reading books, okay? I've, I have been reading books since I was three years old. In fact, I'm reading Stuart Scott's biography right now, and it's amazing. I just read Amy Trask's uh, biography, the former CEO of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, great writing by Mike Freeman, by the way, on that. But I read this book in 1997, and it was a 
biography on Tiger Woods. And it was strictly just for 12-year-old 12, for 12 kids. It was. Simple as that. And I thought Tiger Woods was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I seriously believed that Tiger Woods was a god at that point. Look, the guy is just like Serena Williams for tennis, just like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady for football, just like the New York Yankees for baseball. He is a ratings winner. And I didn't watch any of the tour championship until this morning. I sat there having a cup of coffee and I watched Tiger Woods become Tiger Woods. I mean, he was tremendous. Won his 80th victory in his career. It wasn't a major, but it was he won. He actually won. And at 15,000 people in their narcissistic personas with their Snapchats and their Instagrams and their Facebooking and their tweeting and all that stuff, and they were loving every minute of this. And the guy makes it look so simple. He shows up in a red polo, black pants, and he just is Tiger. I mean, the first five holes, he had four pars and one birdie. And he won it 11 under. And, you know, we talk about how Brooks Kepka is a good player and Jordan Spieth is a good player and Roy McIlroy. The fact is, do they, do they move the needle? Do they move the needle in golf? The answer is no. The ratings have dropped 20% since Tiger Woods was not Tiger Woods anymore. And if you look at the ratings on NBC Sports Network, you will see the ratings were a bonanza. They were huge. And why not? I mean, he's four majors away from tying Jack Nicholas. You got Jack Nicholas out there. He was telling the Golf Channel yesterday, quote, regarding his majors record being broken, quote, oh, I think it's realistic. Close quote. And it's a great quote. And if Tiger Woods can become Tiger Woods and do this more often, we could see him break Jack Nicholas's record. And it just goes back to that day when I was 1997 reading that biography. This is why you have guys like Tiger Woods. Because in a sport known as golf that has problems trying to keep ratings up and building stars, it's all Tiger coming back. And it was amazing. The guy was 65 on his first round, 68 in the second, third of 65, and he shot his worst round yesterday, 71. But he still won by two strokes. He won by two strokes. And he is a winner. And it was amazing. And I loved the interview with Steve Sands of the Golf Channel. And Tiger got emotional. And, you know, I sat there and I was watching it. And I a tear fell from my eye. As a sports fan, I was just happy to see Tiger Woods becoming Tiger Woods again. I mean, it, and the fact is, going back to that story for a moment, that was one of the worst stories ever because it never brought up anything bad about Tiger Woods. It talked about how his family was great to him, Earl Woods was a god to him, all this kind of stuff. You read the biographies of today and you understand what Tiger Woods dealt with throughout his life. It's pretty crazy to me. Speaking about crazy, back to the NFL for turning point number three. <sighs> okay. I played, I played football from fourth grade to my senior year in high school. I have been around football all my life. I was never taught to keep my weight off a quarterback. The roughing the passer penalty on Clay Matthews for the third week in a row, I've had enough. And now I'm going to tell you this. Any fan out there, and I had a Viking fan do this today, said that, oh, Packer fans are the only ones whining. Really? 
Okay, instead of just going on Facebook, why don't you go on SiriusXM Radio, listen to Shannon Sports. Why don't you go to the Dan Patrick Show? Why don't you listen to Ram fans, Viking, even your Viking brethren, uh, Bears fans, Cardinal fans, 49er fans, Lion fans. They were all in arms with this new roughing the passer penalty. And it's not just Clay Matthews. No, no. Because guess what? We're having injuries now. William Hayes of the Miami Dolphins, defense alignment, tore his ACL. And there was a report that came out today that he had a torn ACL because, quote, he couldn't put his weight on quarterback Derek Carr. And it, he tore his ACL for that. So now we're trying to teach these defensive players, who, by the way, have lost every aspect of having a defensive upside on the game. And now we're trying to take away this. This has got to end. This has got to end now. And I can't, and you think the NFL will get a brain in their mind and go, okay, now let's change the rough in the passer penalty. Let's get back to football. No, no. Went on NFL.com, went on their NFL Twitter and decided to show that this was a rough in the passer penalty. Are you kidding me with this? Never went to the helmet. Didn't throw him on the ground. Didn't throw him around like a rag doll. It was just a classic tackle. That's it. Alex Smith had the football in his hands. It was a sack. And it didn't cost the Packers the game. Let me just rephrase that, okay? The Packers were well out of this game. It was done. It was over. I mean, jeez. But that is just, that makes me just think to myself, my goodness, this just won't end. And I know you want to call it the quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers rule. This has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Well, majority of the game, let's put it that way. Okay, it happened with the Dallas Cowboys sacking Russell Wilson. 15-yard penalty. He just threw him on the ground. Just sacking him. Saw a couple of moments where there was some roughing the passer penalties. They didn't call him. So what in the hell is going on here, NFL? You've got to explain to fans like us what are you trying to say here? Because people are believing right now that this is about to become flag football. And I can't believe I'm saying that because yesterday was such an amazing day in, in the NFL. But you are refusing to listen. And you're saying, oh, well, well, we got to keep the quarterback. Well, quarterbacks get hit all the time. Just because Aaron Rodgers got hurt and he was up for the season... Doesn't mean you can't sack Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger. But I am so sick and tired of this. I truly am. You got to fix this rule and you have to fix it now. Because here's the thing. You know what happens to rich people? You know how you can hit them? Checkbook. Because it is going to come to a point where fans are going to stop watching and speak. Sponsors are going to start pulling out. Think about that. If you don't change this rule, you could start seeing that in the next five years. Now, I'm not saying now because people are still going to watch the NFL. The ratings were high yesterday. But I'm saying in the future, if you continue down this road, it's not a good road to be down. And you should be, at, you should be ashamed of what you're trying to accomplish here because it's not working. It's just not working. Rand is done. I'm not going to go on for days and days and days talking about this. We're done talking about it. Make a change if you want to. Otherwise, watch as the NFL becomes the National Flag Football League. Just a thought. Turning point number two. Timberwolves signed Carl Anthony Towns. I love this. I love this move more times than I could think of. Carl Anthony Towns is still young. 
It's a five-year, $190 million deal, super max contract. And for the record, it wasn't Andrew Wiggins that helped rebuild this Timberwolves team. It's Carl Anthony Towns. And they do have some of the old members of the Chicago Bulls on there. I get that, okay? But here's the thing. 21.3 points per game, 12.3 rebounds per game. He's a good leader. He knows how to play the game. And he knows how to get wins. Okay? Now, we are not going to say that Tom Thibodeau is a disaster quite yet. Minnesota has a chance here. But my question is to this is, why is Jimmy Butler being so egotistical about this? Is he not happy because he doesn't get the ball as much as Carl Anthony Towns? Is that the problem? He comes down and says, trade me to either the Nets, the Knicks, or the Clippers. Great. Three teams that live in futility since their beginning of their franchise. Wow, that's, that's real good. What else are you going to throw to us here? Now, there is news coming out that the Heat and the Cavaliers are interested. I would hope that the Miami Heat get Jimmy Butler because if he goes to the Cavs, I, I don't see that working. The Cavaliers are a mess right now. They're going to be a mess for years to come. And, you know, and this is another thing to Jimmy Butler. You still have a couple years left on your contract, and now you're telling Tom Thibodeau you don't want to trade him. Now, but you think owner Glenn Taylor is just going to stand by? Nope. He's taking offers right now. And guess what, Butler? You can't pick where you want to go. You're going to go where Glenn Taylor and Tom Thibodeau tell you where to go. Because that's what happens when you're under contract. Just a thought. Congrats to the Timberwolves. Great signing. Like the move. Jimmy Butler needs to grow up. Finally, our learning lesson and our turning point final of the day here on Monday, September 24th, 2018 is a learning lesson for you all. Because now we are into football. And I get that. But guess what? We are just a few days away from this. And I can't wait. Playoff baseball is back i can't wait for this one more week one more week and i and here's the thing you need to start watching this now like tomorrow tomorrow when the cubs welcome in the pittsburgh pirates and they got six games at home at wrigley field and the cardinals are hot 87 and 69 they've won three straight they're feeling it they're gonna go to chicago and they're gonna try and end the hopes of the cubs it's possible because it is possible and the Brewers are still in this because now you got three National League Central teams battling for that crown. It is possible that the Cubs could blow this. It is possible that they could win the division. The Brewers have a chance. The Cardinals have a chance. And Dodgers. Don't look now. But the Rockies are a one and a half games back. And if they win theirs and the Dodgers choke, the Dodgers could be out. It's getting good. It's getting really good. Because then, after this amazing week of baseball comes to a close, and it's playoff time, we're going to have Red Sox, Astros, Indians, A's, Yankees, and then we're going to find out how the National League pitcher also mixes in. Ladies and gentlemen, we love our football, but remember, playoff baseball is can't be beat. Can't be beat. It's the fall classic, and I can't wait for playoff baseball. Remember that, because it is coming, and it is going to be glorious. Speaking about that, that is 15 minutes on the clock. We might have went a little late, but that was your top five turning points of the day. Now, if you got any comments or concerns, I want you to go to at Jake Turner Sport on my Twitter. On Instagram, we have Jake Turner 61. Uh, we just put up a clip <laughs> on my spot on the Hooligan Hour, and I went to town on the Steelers, 
And I got a little too much of a fantasy with the Buffalo Bills. I don't know why, but I do. But that's what happens. So that's one of the things here. If you miss this podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And we just got picked up by Spotify. doesn't get any better than this because guess what? Every day you're going to have a new top five turning points of the day coming at you. Because this is the turning point of the sports world for that reason. And in fact, that's it for our show here. We're going to have guests coming up throughout the week. You don't want to miss it. We already got Luke Inman of the Draft Ramp Podcast, Vikings Insider. Vikings Rams coming up on Thursday. It's coming up. You don't want to miss this interview. It's going to be good. And also we got Ray Flores, boxing commentator from FS1 and Premier Boxing. Had some great stuff. We had an interview last week, so understand that we are a little delayed, but we're going to have that interview for you as well uh, at the end of the night. So that's it for Turning Points. We'll be back tomorrow with your top five turning points of the day. Until then, you are leaving the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. And we'll see you next time. The headline for this fight should be, Legend Kills. This is-